0: From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA, this is a special report. Assassins Incorporated, the Kremlin's secret squad of killers. We bring you the story of a man who faked his own death to stay alive and to expose the Kremlin's murderous ring of criminals.
1: Well, I was uh, under threat of an assassination by the secret services of the Russian Federation.
0: He revealed a simple murder-for-hire scheme that allegedly is the foundation of an elaborate network of killers that work to settle scores for Russia's rich and powerful
1: um, contractor would uh, let it known that there is a contract and different or place several contracts and different uh, teams of perpetrators were competing and they would for this uh, job and whoever managed to de- do it first would have been paid
0: that's the story of arkady bobchenko a russian journalist living in ukraine who found himself suddenly in the bullseye coming up part four of our series assassins incorporated the kremlin's secret squad of killers coming up on this edition of target usa the national security podcast target usa is brought to you by northrop grumman in today's battle space situations change rapidly that's why northrop grumman's innovative c4 isr technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On May 30th, Arkady Bobchenko, a Russian journalist and critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, walked into a news conference that was hastily arranged by Ukrainian security services. The stunned audience applauded. Incredulous colleagues watching the news conference erupted with glee and tears when they saw him. It was a shock because the day before, he was shot dead by an assassin, allegedly hired by an organization with ties to the Kremlin. The fact that he was still alive led to confusion. How could he die and then return from the dead? Through a translator, in an exclusive interview, he explained what happened and, more importantly, why.
1: Well, I was under threat of an assassination by the secret services of the Russian Federation.
0: He revealed a simple murder-for-hire scheme that allegedly is the foundation of an elaborate network of killers that work to settle scores for Russia's rich and powerful, many of whom are connected to the Kremlin.
1: This uh, kind of uh, political assassinations uh, as of late in Russia have been um, perpetrated as a um bidding. Uh bidding process that is the um, contractor would uh, let it known that there is a contract and different or place several contracts and different uh, teams of perpetrators were competing and for this uh, job and whoever managed to de- do it first would have been paid.
0: As a result of the operation, Bobchenko had to completely change his life. According to Western intelligence sources, Kremlin-linked hit squads are strewn all over Europe, easily transiting from the Black Sea to the Atlantic, waiting for orders.
1: Well, I'm being guarded. They gave me 24-hour uh, uh, protection. I live in a uh, secured place, and I'm completely... In a secured situation, I cannot walk out uh, the building even to do some shopping.
0: Bobchenko is out of immediate danger. But the threat remains for Bobchenko and many others. And in this exclusive Target USA interview, we drill down into the details from the time when he found out he'd been targeted until the perpetrators were arrested. We find out how the operation worked who's behind this global ring of assassins. And we get a clear picture of the scope of what appears to be one of the deadliest political assassination rings in history. Mr. Bobchenko, we heard about the effort in which you had to pretend or to fake your own death. Tell us why you and the Ukrainian authorities did that
1: uh, it was not a momentarily fake it was a special operation which lasted for uh, two months the ukrainian authorities decided to do this because uh, the uh, um, the staged uh, death is a well accepted and universally used method to uh, solve or to uh, counter-contract murders all over the world.
3: Uh, This this method,
1: this technique is used uh, in the United States. In France, they used it to stage the death of a Romanian uh, writer who was considered dead for a few months. So, it's a a routine
0: method. So, why did you feel that you had to do that? What were the circumstances that drove you and the authorities to take those steps? What happened to get you to that
1: point? Uh, Well, I didn't need it. The only thing I needed is to stay alive. uh, And uh, hopefully to apprehend those who wanted to kill me uh the ukrainian authorities needed this to uh, uncover the whole network of people who were planning this and hopefully prevent other assassinations and basically to 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 break uh, the case and i repeat this is a standard uh, approach by many security services
0: Yes, I understand. But uh, more specifically, my question is, what was the specific reason that triggered the need to do this? Why was it necessary? Was some threat made against you? Who made it and what were the circumstances?
1: Well, I was uh, under threat of an assassination by the secret services of the Russia of the Russian Federation and I consider this to be a very uh, solid uh, reason to agree for this to take part in this operation заказ, заказ the, there was plenty of evidence. The uh, contract included me and my wife, and the details uh, in the contract uh, were uh, such that they could have been only obtained in Russia. And uh, this was later uh, shown and seen as evidence in the court. Uh, there were the, the name of the man was Piva Varnik. There were transcripts of his telephone uh, conversations. There were, there were um, information of deposit paid uh, and so on. Нет, контракт
3: был только на меня, но была там еще и информация на мою жену. Передали oh, на мою
1: sorry. Uh, sorry, the contract was only on my life, but there was an information about my wife in those
0: evidence. How did you find out that you were a target? So
1: I had a visit from the uh, operatives of the Ukrainian secret service, and they came and told me, look, you are uh, under contract. They showed me. The transcripts of this telephone conversations told me about money that had been paid, uh, uh, the information about me, the information about my wife, which was quite confidential, and said that this is the situation.
0: What did you feel when you learned that this was going on? How did that make you feel emotionally and uh, inside?
1: Well, uh, to put it plain, I was not very happy. The first reaction was, of course, to uh, run away, to flee. Um, uh, To get my family and run away as far as I can, to the top of the Everest mountain, to the space station, to the North Pole, wherever, as far as I could reach. Well, um, I immediately agreed to take part, first of all, because I was left no choice, I had no choice, and secondly, because I wanted to get these people.
0: Well, Arkady, let me just take a moment uh, again to reiterate uh, how proud I uh, am, and we here in the States as journalists are of you and your bravery in this situation. Let me take a moment to say that right now.
1: Thank you very much. But I should say that probably anyone would do the same in those circumstances, because it was not, I probably could have run away and hide someplace, but there were other people targeted. There were several contracts. And uh, um, one of the reasons uh, was, of course, to help them prevent other assassinations that have been planned. Why? Why you agreed? But I don't understand that question. How could I not agree? How? What uh, could I have done otherwise? Ah, uh, uh, perhaps they could have protected me and arrested the man uh, who was uh, assigned to this. But the uh, those who have placed that contract in Moscow would have been still in place and uh, if this didn't happen perhaps by now some other people from that list might have been killed.
0: And now, what you're about to hear is an extraordinary moment-by-moment accounting of what happened during the operation.
1: Uh, First of all, I want to remind you that it was a one-day operation. The preparations lasted for two months, everything uh, was uh, prepared, it was not one single day. For all these whole two months people were working, there was a tremendous work uh, done in preparation for for that day. Uh, My family uh, was in Russia, and for uh, a few days before the uh, day of the operation, my family had to be extracted, evacuated from Russia, which happened. And on the day of the operation, uh, an operative from the Ukrainian Secret Service came uh, along with a makeup artist, and they gave me... A uh, training course for about uh, an hour, how uh, I should fall, how uh, I should cough, how a man whose lungs has been uh, shot uh, through uh, coughs, uh, how I should lie, and uh, this was uh, my initiation to that operation. So uh, this training lasted for about an hour, and then we proceeded to the operation itself. Uh, So they put some pig's blood into my mouth. I fell on my knees and then on the floor, coughed uh, this blood out and uh, lay there. And the makeup artist put some uh, blood Fake blood on my back where the sh- shot wounds were supposed to be, and on my neck and on the floor around. So that was how it happened. They left, and we were for a few moments uh, for some time alone with my wife. Then the would be killer uh, walked into the uh, apartment for a few seconds just to for us to see
3: him. He,
1: he told me, Well, good health, it's a form of greeting, and I responded, You too. Then he left. My wife called the uh, ambulance the emergency ambulance and the police and the police arrived quite uh, fast about in about five to seven minutes They checked everything. They checked the uh, floor upstairs, the floor floor downstairs, uh, put the guards all around um, the place. And they noticed that I was still alive, uh, quote-unquote, and said, let's um, call, let's quickly, quickly bring him to the hospital. The emergency ambulance came. They put me in. The uh, doctors, uh, the the paramedics, started uh, doing their job. They put an IV. The so, the quote unquote IV on me, did everything that suppo- that were supposed to do under the circumstances. Everything was done very um, naturally looking, uh, if you want to say this, and because we didn't know was uh, the killer supposed to be alone or there were other people uh, from the assassination team watching the scene, so it everything had to be uh, had to look as if it was really happening.
0: You're listening to the story of Arkady Bobchenko, a Russian journalist, citizen, who had to fake his own death to avoid being killed by a Kremlin-linked team of assassins. What you haven't heard is why he was targeted. While it's not been confirmed, there is little doubt that the reason he was targeted was because of a Facebook post. He said on Christmas Day, 2016, after a Russian military plane carrying Russia's famous Alexandrov ensemble, crashed into the Black Sea en route to Syria, killing all on board, quote, I have neither sympathy nor pity. I do not express condolences to relatives and friends. He said, the only feeling I have is to spit. His comments unleashed a firestorm of criticism that forced him to flee to Ukraine. And after a short break, we'll hear him describe how the assassination operation worked.
1: The um,
0: contractor
1: would uh, let it known that there is a contract and different, or place several contracts, and different uh, teams of perpetrators were competing and they would, for this uh, job, and whoever managed to de- do it first would have been
0: paid. That's coming up when we continue on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability, enabling faster, more assured decisions. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. This is a Target USA moment, episode 62 Retired General Mike Flynn in April of 2015, two years and seven months before he was indicted for lying to the FBI regarding Russia, this is what he had to say to us.
2: One of the greatest concerns by Russia Is not necessarily the West It is the periphery of the Russian Republic Or republics, plural And their big concern I, I was in Russia not too long ago I mean, a little over a year ago now uh, Where I visited my counterpart And it's interesting what we talked about We really didn't talk about the you know the West Or you know the sort of us versus them We talked about the rise of radical Islam On the periphery of the Russian uh, uh, You know, the Russian republics right now And we also talked about sharing lessons learned from what we were learning in Afghanistan because clearly they have a lot of things that they could share with us and especially as as we transitioned as we were transitioning out of Afghanistan we were sharing a lot of lessons that um, that we have learned uh, in other places of the world and so it was actually a very cordial meeting that we had and and yet you know a few months later here we are with this with this uh, very very aggressive Russia on their western border in in uh, in Ukraine this has been a target USA moment
0: episode 62 Download it. Relive it. I'm JJ Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. This is a special report. Assassins Incorporated. The Kremlin's Secret Squad of Killers. Part 4. The whole premise of this series of reports has been to highlight what we call Assassins Incorporated. The Kremlin's Secret Squad of Killers. It's ingenious how it goes about its work, and it's very good, unfortunately. There have been many suspicious deaths, but very few solid connections back to the Kremlin. But this story about Arkady Bobchenko, who managed to survive an assassination plot, is one of the few that's able to link concretely, directly, back to the Kremlin. And as we continue, he explains how they go about their work. Uh, This
1: uh, kind of uh, political assassinations uh, as of late in Russia have been um, perpetrated as a um, bidding bidding process. That is, the um, contractor would uh, let it known that there is a contract and different or place several contracts. And different uh, teams of perpetrators were competing and the, for this uh, job. And whoever managed to de- do it first would have been paid.
0: In the past few years, dozens of high-profile Russians have died, many under mysterious circumstances. Most, if not all of them, linked to the Kremlin. In some cases, it's difficult to prove it was a murder which is a hallmark of Russian intelligence operations. Everything has to be deniable. That's why Bobchenko and the Ukrainian security services went through such detailed efforts to trip up the people who were trying to assassinate him.
1: They were taking me to the hospital uh, at some distance, uh, a couple of kilometers, uh, on the way I um, was supposed to die, so they started uh, doing, you know, an emergency resuscitation. Uh, on uh, me and uh, the resuscitation was not successful. I died and the doctor uh, with the ambulance made a phone call, uh, reported to the uh, center that I was dead and they brought me to the mortuary.
0: And in case you're wondering, faking your own death is more than just falling down, closing your eyes, and pretending you're dead. There's the whole aspect of making it look realistic, which for Bobchenko wasn't necessarily a comfortable endeavor.
1: This whole thing has taken quite a while, a couple of hours, and uh, it was very cold, and there was a problem because when the... Uh, when a dead body is sitting on a stretcher, is lying on a stretcher and, it, and shivering of the cold, it wouldn't uh, look na- natural. So before putting me on stretcher, they had to warm me up a little.
0: And eventually, the hours-long endeavor began to come to an end. And Bobchenko could literally see the light at the end of the tunnel. So they brought me into the
1: mortuary, there I um, was allowed to uh, to wake up, uh, and uh, they brought me in a little room, and from then on I was no playing dead any longer. I took all of my clothes, uh, washed myself a little bit, there was a small washing basin there. They gave me a big um, kind of a blanket, which they use to wrap um, dead bodies. So I wrapped myself uh, in this blanket and sat there.
0: And during the process of faking his death, Bobchenko got to do something that most of us, whether we will admit it or not, would love to be able to do. And that is to see how people think about us after we're gone.
1: So I was sitting there wrapped in this uh, huge blanket like Mohandas Gandhi and smoked and watched on TV how everybody was telling what a great guy I I was.
0: And during the time that Arkady Bobchenko was sitting there in the mortuary, watching television, listening to the praise heaped upon him by people who thought he was dead, basking in the satisfaction that he had defeated and exposed those who were seeking to kill him, he was reminded of what it might be like to be dead. I heard
1: through the vent how uh, the uh, paramedics were um, sawing someone's head uh, open in the next room it was very well heard
0: and then he started what might be the hardest part of the entire operation living his life under the new terms that it must be lived under constant security
1: so uh, i spent there a few hours then afterwards um, they uh, i had to get out of the window from the back side of the buildings to avoid being seen by journalists they um the uh, operatives put me in a car and brought me into a safe house there i was able to wash and i went to bed and it was about five o'clock in the morning. It started at 6 p.m. and uh, ended at 5 a.m. So the whole operation took about 11 hours.
0: That is a stunning situation that you were in and a brilliant recollection.
1: Well, I would rather not to be in this stunning situation. I sh- because my life uh, has been broken completely by these uh, events uh, once uh, again.
0: How do you protect yourself now? What steps must you take to make sure you are safe?
1: Well, I'm being guarded. They gave me 24 uh, hour uh, protection. I live in a, a secured place and I am completely. In a secured situation, I cannot walk out uh, the building even to do some shopping. I would say that this is probably like Salman Rushdie was um, when he was under threat. It's the same level of security and secrecy.
0: What about when you travel? You told me last week you flew, you were flying someplace. <sighs> Ну,
1: это тоже операция, тоже спецусловная. Well, travel is also a special operation. Uh, this was not Ukraine. I cannot tell you where I went, but it was out of Ukraine, and uh, it's a little bit more safe abroad, because Ukraine uh, is uh, flooded by uh, agents and operatives of Russian security service. And I do not travel a lot. That was only one trip, which had to do with this continued operation. I had to meet some people elsewhere in connection with this plot, and that was my only trip.
0: How did it turn out? Did they find all of the people in this network?
1: Well, this was a successful operation. They have arrested the guy who organized this whole um, operation and a group of three uh, people who were uh, who were supposed to kill um, under contract. They had training. In Russia, and they w- were sent to Ukraine. So I think it's a success.
3: был был задержан еще люди в другом городе. Было вскрыто несколько тайников с оружием.
1: They have arrested people in another city uh, and uncovered a few uh, weapons uh, depots um, around there were serious weaponry there including the uh, grenade, grenade, launcher. grenade launchers но это только то, что в Украине а
3: верхушка-то все заказчики они сидят в России и,
1: естественно, к ним доступа нету but this is all um, all these arrests and discoveries were made in Ukraine Uh, The point is that those who are on the top of this network, they are hiding in Russia. And, of course, they are beyond the reach of the Ukrainians. So the operation has not ended. I'm sure that uh, both assassinations and other attempts to destabilize uh, the situation in Ukraine uh, will continue.
0: There there are situations in the United States that some... Are worried about um, some people in the United States are worried about the same kind of activity. There have been a couple of people in the Washington, D.C. area that have been killed. What would your advice be to those people who are concerned here in Washington?
1: I would tell them get uh, yourself some weapons. Uh, I don't know what are the legal situation with owning uh, mm-hmm. weapons in dc but that would be my first advice yeah. well protecting your own life is your first responsibility uh, we need to take measures to pro- protect ourselves uh, first uh, as ourselves And then uh, hope that the police and the authorities would help us. Uh, There is a saying let them, uh, let 12 people judge you, then six people carry you away.
0: What do you think needs to be done to stop Russian agents from trying to do this?
1: There is a legislation uh, on the table in the United States, which offers, which suggests uh, quite serious uh, sanctions against Russia. This is the kind of thing that should be done. Unfortunately, the world uh, for a long time didn't understand the uh, nature of Putin's regime of what they are dealing with they didn't understand uh, what it was when Russia invaded Georgia I'll remind you that this August is the 10th anniversary of uh, the war in Georgia and up until now 20% of uh, Georgian territory is still under Russian occupation. I was at that war and I saw it all with my own
3: eyes. The
1: world didn't uh, understand uh, what's happening when Russia took over Crimea and uh, annexed it, attached it to Russia.
3: Мир не понимал, когда Россия пыталась uh, влиять на выборы по всему миру, uh, проплачивала беспорядки, убивала людей по всему миру.
1: They didn't realize what's happening when Russia tried to uh, sway elections all over the world, when they assassinated people in various countries. It was not, they didn't come home this understanding. But now the world uh, begins to understand.
3: And
1: if this new uh, bill uh, about Russian sanctions in the United States passes, that would be an excellent uh,
0: step. Are you talking about the Magnitsky Act?
1: No, no, I'm talking about a new legislation, I should add that's the uh, law of uh, Menendez-Lindsey Graham, which offers uh, very serious uh, sanctions. It's not a law yet, it's the legislation proposed both in the Senate and the Congress. Any... any Economic strangulation of the regime is what they fear most. It is not feasible and possible to defeat them militarily. Uh, They have a very strong uh, army and and armed forces. But uh, this is a very weak uh, economy and um, economic sanctions is the way to deal with this regime, this is what happened with the Soviet Union.
0: Ah, thank you very much. Arkady. is there anything you would like to add about this situation that I haven't asked you that you think is important?
3: Well,
1: yeah, I can speak for a week about that. <laughs> But I think that we uh, covered the main points.
0: All right. Well, let me say this. Thank you for taking time to talk to me. Best wishes, safe travel, lots of success, and hopefully we'll stay in touch.
3: Okay. Thank you.
0: This was an extraordinary interview, not because of the simple questions from me, but because of the story that Arkady Bobchenko had to tell, but also because of the impeccable translation By Alexander Goldfarb. That's Dr. Alexander Goldfarb, world-renowned microbiologist. He's a Russian-American microbiologist, activist, and author who emigrated from the USSR in 1975, studied in Israel and Germany before permanently settling in the U.S. in New York in 1982, is a naturalized American citizen, and is a friend of the late Alexander Litvinenko. A person who's very familiar with what it's like to be taken out by a Russian hit squad. So thank you, Dr. Goldfarb. And I might add, he had lots of other things that he could have done, but he decided to help us do this, and we're deeply grateful for it. And coming up, as we conclude our special series, Assassins Incorporated, the Kremlin's secret squad of killers. Maybe
1: she'll just that's the voice
0: of the now deceased Mikhail Lesson, a one-time close advisor to President Vladimir Putin in Russia and the co-founder of Russia Today. He turned up dead in a hotel in Washington, D.C., leading some to believe it can happen here too. Clearly, there are no barriers that Vladimir Putin has in front of him that would stop him from committing an assassination in the United States. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. And if you want to stay plugged into what we're doing, first of all, subscribe to our podcast. Then follow us on Twitter at T-U-S-A podcast. That's Tango United Sierra podcast. And you can also email me at jgreen.com at wtop.com That's the letter J, the color green. One word. At whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. That's J green at wtop.com. I'm JJ Green and this is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C4ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.